today on Real Life Radio. Down deep inside, you're both terrified that he might be real, because then you have to answer to him, or even that fear is somehow subdued by the passion that maybe he is, and I can start life over, I can be new, I can begin again. Maybe he is real and he does love me. And that's the gospel. Welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Jack Hibbs. I'm David J. thanking you for joining us today as we listen, learn, and are challenged by God's Word, the Bible. Real Life On today's edition of Real Life Radio, Pastor Jack now continues his series called The Gospel of Luke with a message called When Jesus Comes Near. Now, this series on the Gospel of Luke is a series that gives us both the humanity and the divinity of Jesus Christ as only Luke, the physician, could see it. Here, as we continue in chapter 4, we'll discover that Jesus is a prophecy fulfilled and the hope for our salvation. You see, it was true then, as it's true now, that the very person and work of Jesus causes people to get excited. But that excitement can either be a positive thing or a negative thing. Many had heard Jesus teach and had seen his miracles. Some were skeptical, but others truly were never the same. So today on this part of the message, Pastor Jack goes on to say that Jesus gives us the real reason for life and for living. He exposes the darkness simply through the testimony of who he is. If we were to remove Jesus from our lives, we'd have nothing left but emptiness and confusion. Now in his message called, When Jesus Comes Near, Here's pastor and Bible teacher, Jack Hibbs. The scriptures tell us that Jesus coming into this region would have been now fulfilling Isaiah chapter nine, that in the shadow of death, light has dawned, a reference to the Messiahship of Christ. He's preaching, he's teaching. And uh, this is where he actually would have preached from and the word of God would have gone out. Now, if you can put your imagination in that room, you were there. And there's a second story floor. The evidence is all there where there would have been a, uh, a, an upper level. And uh, there would have been the teaching going on, a beautiful setting. And there they are right along the uh, Galilean Sea. And so Jesus begins to teach them. And he begins to bring application about uh, the Bible to their own lives. Uh, the second thing we see is that Jesus taught them about God. It says in verse 32, and they were astonished. You got to circle that word at his teaching the instruction for his word was with authority. His word was, was with authority, meaning that when Jesus taught them, he taught them with not only firsthand knowledge of the Bible, but instead of him quoting the rabbis, as was the custom of the rabbis of those days, they would just quote another rabbi. Jesus never quoted a rabbi like that in application. Jesus said, behold, I say to you, and they loved it. The people loved it. Why? Because Jesus spoke with passion and boldness about the Bible. And they were captivated by that. They were held bound by that. Never before had anyone had the boldness to say, I tell you this truth. And then he would make illustration. And it held the people captive. You say, Jack, you're making a big deal of it. I have to. I'll tell you the reason why. You see the word astonished right here? They were astonished at his teaching and teaching them about God. The word means, are you ready for this? The word means to slap your face. <laughs> what? You mean Jesus slapped their face? No, he spoke the word of God with firsthand knowledge and boldness and the people went like this. Look at me, everybody. They went like this. That's what it means. The word in Greek means they were slapped or shocked in the face when they heard what he had to say and they loved it. 
Can you imagine going to a Bible study that Jesus is teaching? Oh, man, that's a pastor teacher's dream come true. In fact, when we put the word of God together, I'm sure I speak for all pastor teachers. Lord, let me say it like Jesus would say it. Oh, God, please fill me with your spirit that I might say what he would say. Can you imagine? We can only imagine that he spoke and people listened and they went, wow. They were completely astonished. They were shocked at what they were hearing. Why? There was a vessel of God standing before them that was so devoted, so pure, so holy, so committed, so filled with the agenda of heaven that when Christ came and began to speak, the very inside of the human soul was stirred. Why? Down deep inside, oh yes, and even you, Mr. Atheist, even you, Mrs. Atheist, down deep inside of you, there is a longing, longing, remaining ember or effervescent that is left over from Eden that knows down deep inside, maybe, maybe, could God maybe, maybe be real? And down deep inside, you're both terrified that he might be real because then you have to answer to him. Or even that fear is somehow subdued by the passion that maybe he is and I can start life over. I can be new. I can begin again. Maybe he is real and he does love me. And that's the gospel. That's what Jesus was preaching. And that's what he was teaching. You can start life all over again. You can begin new because that down deep inside ember of crying out is real. Placed there by God to draw you out to say, I am here. I made you. See, the word usage here demands that they understood that Christ was an absolute authority, that they were standing or seated before their maker. That's awesome. I would have given, I'd give anything to be there. And when we get to that synagogue and I have to hold back tears, I got to bite my lip. I just want to be alone at that moment. It's awesome. Shouldn't surprise us though. The Bible tells us, jot it down, Hebrews 1, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 to 2 says, For God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his own Son, who is the heir of all things and through whom also he made the worlds. Plural, cosmos. John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made. Jesus is the creator. Colossians 1, verse 14 to 16. In whom, Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. That is, he's the preeminent one over creation, meaning he presided over its birthing of creation itself. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible. That means he made the molecules you're breathing right now. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities or powers, all things were made and created through him and for him, and thereby they exist. Christ is the great engineer. You talk about intelligent design theory, just fill in the name Jesus. What's the theory? Jesus. Intelligent? Jesus. Designer? Jesus. It's at the name of Jesus, the Bible says, every knee will bow. 
and every tongue will confess. When Jesus taught people, his message, his ministry was so clear, his love for the word of God so passionate and bold that his audience could not sit indifferent. They had to, they had to make a decision. Nazareth, they refused him. Capernaum, they're going to go crazy over him. By the way, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag too much, but I'll say this. From this moment on, Jesus is going to have a ministry headquarters to conduct his ministry out of. Guess what town it's going to be in? Capernaum. Right here. Hey, guess what? He did ministry in other towns like Bethsaida and Chorazin. Guess what? We don't visit those places today. You want to know why? Jesus said to them, woe unto you, Chorazin and Bethsaida. For if these miracles would have been done in Sodom and Gomorrah as they've been done in you, Sodom and Gomorrah would have repented a long time ago, but you were not willing. Huh? Now listen. You know why we don't visit those areas? Oh, it's not because we don't want to get demons stuck in our shoes or something. You can't visit them. They were obliterated. They're, they're, nobody lives there. They're gone. The only place that exists today is a Roman city of Tiberias, which Jesus never condemned, and Capernaum. There's a place that you visit today. It was once his headquarters. Very interesting. Let's keep going. Listen, Jesus also taught them reason. He taught them about reason. In verses 31 to 32, when he taught them on the Sabbath, they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. The word authority here means that Jesus delivered with capacity, with competence, with mastery of logic. Jesus spoke with perfect logic. Somebody will often say the greatest philosopher that's ever lived was Jesus Christ. Well, that's a nice thing to say, but it's wholly inaccurate. Jesus was absolute logic. He was pure wisdom in person. When Jesus spoke, he spoke from not only what he knew, what he knew was being the fact that he was infinite God. God the Son manifested to mankind. It was awesome to think. He gave them reasons for faith. And all of us, by the way, exercise faith. Every one of us, we really do, no matter who we might be. You have faith in something, no matter who you might be today. Even if you are an agnostic, an atheist, you have faith. You believe in something. You believe something to be so. I just want to challenge you. That's something that you think is so. You had better be sure. <laughs> you had better be sure. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, the Bible says, but you, us, together, in our hearts, we need to set apart Jesus Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks of us for the reason of hope that we have within us. We need to answer them with gentleness and with respect. Church, listen, people are longing. They're longing to hear a good answer. They're longing to hear a reasonable answer. Did you know that most people in the world think that Christians are a bunch of dopes? They think we are completely goofy. Now, I'm sure I know where they get that kind of stuff from, from just bad representations. The truth of the matter is, when Jesus Christ comes near, he affects people for the good. And whatever is of lunacy and whatever is of weirdness and whatever is of ill logic is not of Christ. That's why when you look at the founding, listen, the founding scientists of the building blocks of science today, you know, with all the technolo technological advances we all see, I was impressed recently to read an article that said everything that we enjoy right now that has been invented recently has all been based upon the foundational evidence and findings of earlier scientists before us, and no new foundational evidence has come forth since. 
Newton and Kepler and all these great old scientists, these were the building blocks of modern day science. And these guys believed in God. Well, number two, when Jesus comes near, what else happens? He exposes darkness. Do you know that? Exposes darkness. You can be on the most sunny, bright day and uh, you can go out in your yard and be weeding around and doing whatever you do and you lift up a rock. You ever lift it up? It's a, it could be like 100 degrees that day. It doesn't matter. You lift up a rock and there's bugs and stuff that scatter for the darkness. Have you seen that they run to the darkness? They can't escape the light. Or you go into a, a place and you turn on a light and the rats just jump. Um, Lisa's going to get mad at me for saying this. I was sitting in our house about a month ago and uh, it was really late at night. It was after a Wednesday night service. I came home and I, I'm really bad. I am really bad. I still have a lot of Hawaiian blood in my heart. I like no shoes and windows open without screens. That's the way I am. My mom was like that, born and raised in Hawaii. It's the way it is. Well, Lisa, she's smart. Shut those things. Something's going to come in. We've had birds, I kid you not. We have had birds literally fly in one window, right through the living room and out the other side. I'm not kidding. I love it. I'm sitting there after a Wednesday night and I'm looking for, uh, watching the Fox News, Bill O'Reilly. All right, Bill O'Reilly's on. I like that program. I'm watching this thing. And I look on the console and there's a rat looking right over the TV. Looking right at me. And I thought, first thought in my head, I we, we, him and I are in big trouble. I got him out, but uh, you turn on the light and they just scatter, right? Listen, when Jesus Christ comes in an area, evil scatters. The rats take off. Now keep that in mind as we look to this. He exposes darkness, number one, by his very testimony of who he is. And look, all of us have prayed this, Lord, make me more like Jesus. Lord, please make me more like Jesus. Do you understand what we're asking? Lord, make me like Jesus that when I walk into a room, the evil scatters. When I go somewhere, God, you use me to bring light, not darkness. God, use me like Jesus that where I go, I'm going to be sensitive to minister to need. Lord, give me that. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Use me, Lord. Jesus came into a scene. Now watch what happens. And things begin to scatter. It says in verse 33, now in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon and he cried out with a loud voice. Now this is amazing to me. Nobody asked him anything. He just cries out. The word here is a tremendous, uh, powerful meaning. Jesus was there and the demon couldn't handle it. Jesus was just there. Can you imagine? And the demon freaks. You say, Jack, you're scaring me. I've only just begun. <laughs> this guy, look, church, look with me. Don't look at me. Look at your word. Now in the what? Oh, let's try it again. Now in the what? Synagogue. Synagogue. That's where God's people gather. That's where the word of God is taught. It says that this man was possessed with an unclean spirit and he cries out with a loud voice and he says, let us alone. Well, did Jesus do anything to you? You know, is Jesus throwing rocks over there toward him? Trying to provoke him? No. This guy freaks. Let us, leave us alone. What, we, what do we have to do with you? Jesus of Nazareth. Isn't that funny? Jesus of Nazareth, the way Nazareth taught him, uh, treated him. Nazareth didn't even make this kind of proclamation. 
Demons know who he is, but people miss him. Jesus of Nazareth, did you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God or the Messiah. You are the Messiah of the world. Listen to all this. It's all true. It's just coming from a bad vessel. This demon's freaking out. We have no record of Jesus doing anything. We have no record of Jesus provoking or saying, now we're going to have a, we're going to have a demon meeting. None of that craziness. What was going on? Just the presence of Christ drew this poor man who's demon possessed out of the crowd. And you think about this. Do you, they are in, well, let's make it personal. Church, think about it like this. Right now today, they, it's church. So now you're really freaking me out, pastor. This guy who's in synagogue, it's a Jewish gathering to be around the word of God. They've come to worship. Do you think this guy had a neon light on his head? I'm possessed. I'm possessed. I'm possessed. No, or else they wouldn't have let the guy in. Do you think the guy was like levitating in the corner? No, he must have been very common like all the rest. And it's shocking because he cries out. It'd be just like today. The person sitting next to you looks just like they always have. But now Christ comes walking down this aisle and they might get a little nervous. Oh, I can't breathe. Oh, I, don't, I want to leave. Why? What's the deal? Look. No, I can't. Oh, I know who you are. You are the son of God. <laughs> Freaking out. Can you imagine it happening right here, right now? It could, you know. See, I don't believe it. Well, it happens. And the accolade is made. But listen, I'm both encouraged by this and convicted by this. And I'll tell you the reason why. Encouraged this way. Whenever Jesus Christ is present, when he draws near, there is a wonderful, awesome demand that is there in scripture. And that is the demonic world must succumb to the power of Christ. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 4, that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Okay, whenever Christ is presented, the power of Christ supersedes any demonic activity. It is Christ. He's the creator of all angelic powers, both visible and invisible. They're subject to him. I love that. It is true. I've actually seen that happen with my own eyes over these last 30 years. No doubt about it. The power of Christ. It's encouraging to me that in this very gathering, now I don't want to wig you out, but listen, it was in the synagogue. It wasn't in some you know, bar someplace. It was in the synagogue, not some porno shop. It was in the synagogue that this demon responded. Those other places you can count on weirdness happening. But in a place of worship, what was going on? When Jesus came in, he's so righteous, he's so precious, he's so dedicated to the Lord, he's so committed to preaching the kingdom of God that, listen, his light, the very presence of Christ, drew the evil out. It had to be dealt with. Whenever you read your Bible, Old Testament to New, when God begins to move into a region of life or a place where it's given over to paganism, what happens? The evil is expelled, isn't it? Darkness has to flee. Darkness has to leave. You know what convicted me about this? They said, let us alone. Move on. Jesus, move on from here. We live here. Go out of here. Wow. You might say, you know what? How come we don't see that stuff today anymore? We do see this stuff. Where have you been? You see, you say, I, don't, I doubt it. Well, listen, I just said a moment ago that Jesus was so committed and so devoted to preaching the kingdom of God. 
Talk to our missionaries in China. Talk to our missionaries in South America. You know what they encounter? People who are possessed. When we meet with some people here in counseling, I need to bring in my husband or my son or my daughter, whatever it is, things happen. I remember we'd been, we were called to a house one time. Jim, interesting things happened. Have you ever seen somebody, their eyes roll in the back of their head and instead of turning white, because you know that's what your eyeballs are white when they roll back, they turn stone black. Let me tell you something. When that happens, you better know your Bible. <laughs> this demonic realm is real. And Jesus knew it, and Jesus attests to it. But here's the part that convicts me. One side encourages me, and one side terribly convicts me. I just wonder, if this man was in the synagogue prior to Jesus showing up, this demon must have been comfortable there. Where? In synagogue. Let's say in church. The demon was fine to be in this man in church. Why? Why? How? Why? Because there was no presence of Jesus Christ previously there. What about today? We have the Holy Spirit that dwells within the believer. We can't be possessed. We can be attacked and oppressed and depressed, but we can't be possessed. But what about those that are around us? The Holy Spirit's in us. But wait, is the word of God being preached and taught in such a way like Jesus did? Is the Holy Spirit present in such a way that would drive out darkness? We live in a day and age when it's kind of cool to go to church. We can learn 12 steps on how to become financially successful or to be healthier or to be wiser or to be cuter. We're going to go to our church. It's going to be great. We're going to hear all about last week's picnic and potluck. Hey, sweet and fine. But listen, it's the word of God under the power of the Holy Spirit through a usable vessel that begins to shake things up. And I'm talking in the spirit realm. I'm not talking about a political coup. I'm talking about a spiritual revolution. If you are so committed to Christ, you're going to see things happen. God is not going to allow you to see something to freak you out and you're not committed to the Lord. I, I promise me, you would absolutely not be happy. You'd be terrified. But listen to the reports of our missionaries and to those who are in dark places. The sad thing about this is, is my opinion, this is my opinion, the church in the 21st century in the Western world seems to be more fixated on bigger buildings, on bigger budgets, and all that stuff to get people into the building. And the world will do anything. The world will step, or the church, I should say, will do anything for the world now. It will step away from its divine calling. And instead of standing out so beautiful and so pure and so holy and devoted to God, that the church begins to have little sermonettes for Christianettes. The church begins to have all these things and no Bible. You don't need to bring a Bible. It makes people uncomfortable. I think the reason why there's not much manifestation in a spiritual setting is because I wonder how much of it is just pretend. Pastor and Bible teacher, Jack Hibbs, here on Real Life Radio with his message called, When Jesus Comes Near. Thank you for spending time with us today. You know, when Jesus comes near is part of Pastor Jack's new series called The Gospel of Luke. It's a series on the book of Luke and the unveiling of Jesus Christ to this world. And we'll continue on the next edition of Real Life Radio. You know, God has an amazing inheritance waiting for us through his son, Jesus Christ, and he wants you to know all about it. 
Salvation is only possible for those who give their lives to Jesus Christ. But if you're not sure how to go about that, why don't you let us help? Simply go to our website, jackhibbs.com, click on that tab that says No God, that's spelled out K-N-O-W, God. Now, once you're there, you'll find the full meaning of what salvation in Jesus Christ is all about. There's even a way for you to email us and tell us all about your decision to follow Christ. Again, that's the tab labeled No God, and you'll find it at jackhibbs.com. That's jackhibbs.com. This program is made possible by the generous contributions of you, our listeners. Visit us at jackhibbs.com. That's jackhibbs.com. Until next time, Pastor Jack Hibbs and all of us here at Real Life Radio wish for you solid and steady growth in Christ and in His Word. We'll see you next time here on Real Life Radio.